0: A Tell-Tale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe Published in 1843 Read by Jennifer Michelle Haskell True, nervous, very, very dreadful nervous, I had been in a But why would you say that I am mad? The disease has sharpened my senses, Nay, not destroyed them, not dulled them. Above all, My sense of hearing is accurate. I heard all the things between heaven and earth. I heard many things in hell. How then am I mad? Hearken and observe how heartily, how calmly I can tell you the whole story. It is impossible to say how the idea entered my brain. But once conceived, it haunted me day. It haunted me day and night. Object, there was none. Passion, there was none. I loved the old man, and he had never wronged me. He had never given me insult. For his gold, I had no desire. I think it was his eye. Yes, yes, that's it. Oh, he had the eye of a vulture, a pale blue eye with film over it. Whenever it fell upon me, my blood ran cold, and so, by degree, very gradually, I made up my mind to take the life of the old man and thus rid myself of his eye for ever. Now, this is the point: you fancy me mad. Madmen know nothing, but you should have seen me. You should have seen how wisely I proceeded, with what caution. Oh, with what foresight, with what determination, I went to work. I was never kinder to that old man the whole week before I killed him. And every night, about midnight, I turned the latch of his door and I opened it. Oh, so gently. And then, when I had made a significant opening for my head, I put in a dark lantern. All closed. Close that no light shone out, and then I thrust my head in. Oh, you would have laughed to see how cunningly I thrust it in. I moved it slowly, very, very slowly, so that I might not disturb the old man's sleep. It took me an hour to place my whole head within the opening so far that I could see him lying upon the bed. What a madman have been so wise as this? And then, when my head was in the room, I undid the lantern cautiously. Oh, so cautiously. Cautiously for the hinges they creaked, And I undid just so much that a single thin ray of light fell upon that virtual eye. And I did this for seven long nights, every night at midnight. But then I found that the eye was always closed, and so it was impossible to do my work. For it was not the old man who vexed me, but his evil eye. And every morning when day broke, I went boldly into the chamber and spoke cautiously to his calling him by name in a hearty tone, and inquiring how he had slept that night. So you see, he would have never been a profound old man indeed, to suspect that every night, just at twelve, I looked upon him as he slept. Upon the eighth night, I moved more cautiously into the opening. A watch, minute hand, moved more quickly than mine never before this night had i felt in the extent of my own powers i could scarcely contain the feeling of triumph to think that there i was opening the door little by little and he hadn't even dreamed of the secret deed in my heart i chuckled at the idea and perhaps he heard me for he moved in the bed suddenly as if startled and now you may think that i drew back but no his room was black as pitch with dark thick darkness for the shutters were fastened close, through fear of robbers and so i knew that he could not see and as i was about to open the ladder when my thumb slipped upon the tin fastening The old man sprung from his bed and cried out, Who's there? I kept quiet and still and watched him lie down. He was sitting up in his bed and listening, just as I have done, night after night, hearkening to the death watches on the wall. Precisely, I'd heard a slight groan, and I knew that it was a groan of mortal terror. It was not a groan of pain, not a groan of grief, oh no. It was a low, stifled sound that arises from the bottom of the soul when overcharged with awe. I knew the sound well. Many a night, just at midnight, when all the world swept. It welled in my own bosom, deepening with its dreadful echo. The terrors that distracted me. "'I say I knew it well. "'I knew what that old man felt, and I pitied him, "'although I chuckled at heart. "'I knew that he had been lying awake ever since his first noise, "'when he had heard in his bed. "'His fears had not ever been since growing upon him. "'He had been trying to fancy them as cautiousless, "'but could not. "'He had been saying to himself, it is nothing but the wind in the chimney, or a mouse on the floor, or it is just merely a cricket which made a single chirp. Yes, he said, trying all these things in vain. But it was in vain, all in vain, because death in approaching him had stalked him like the black shadow before him and invoked the victim. And it was a mournful influence of the unperceived shadow that caused him to feel although he neither nor saw nor heard to feel the presence of my head within the room when i had waited a long time patiently very patiently without hearing him lie down i resolved to open a little very little of my lantern so i opened it and you cannot imagine how stealthily until the length of the simple dim ray it was like a thread a spider shot from the crevice and fell full upon that vulture's eye it was open wide open and i grew furious as i gazed upon it i saw in its perfect distinctness all dull blue, with the hideous veil that chilled the very marrow in my bones, but I could see nothing else of the old man's face or person, for I had directed the ray of light by instinct precisely upon that damned spot. And have I not told you that you mistake this madness for over-accuracy of the senses? Now I say there come a moment where the ears alone dull quick sound such as to which when an envelope in cotton I knew that sound all too well it was a breathing and it was the beating of an old man's heart it increased my fury as the beating of a drum stimulates a soldier into courage but even yet I refrained and kept still I scarcely breathed I held the man turned motionless. I tried how steady I could to remain the eye with the ray. Meantime, the hellish tattoo of his heartbeat increased. It grew quicker and quicker and louder and louder every instant. The old man's terror must have been extreme because it grew louder, I say, louder every moment. Do you mock me? as well as I have told you that I am nervous, and so am I. And now with the dead hour of the night, aimed in the dreadful silence of the house, so strange a noise as this excited me to uncontrollable terror, yet for some moments longer I refrained and stood still. The beating grew louder, it grew louder, i thought the heart must burst and now a new anxiety seized me the sound would be heard by a neighbor the old man's hour had come with a loud yell i threw open the lantern leaped into the room he shrieked once and only once in an instant i dragged him to the floor and pulled the heavy bed over him and then i smiled gaily to find the deed so far done but, for many minutes, the heart would beat with a muffled sound. This, however, did not vex me. It would not be heard through the wall at length. It then ceased. The old man was dead. I removed the bed, examined the corpse. Yes, he was a stone. He was stone dead. I placed my hand upon his heart and held it there many a more minutes. There was no pulsation. He was sown dead. His eye would trouble me no more. If still you think me mad, you will think so no longer when I describe the wise precaution I took in the concealment of the body. The night waned and I worked hastily but in silence. First of all, I dismembered the corpse. I cut off the head and arms and legs. Then I took up three planks from the flooring of the chamber and deposited them between the scantlings. And then I replaced the board so cleverly, so cunningly, that no human eye, not even his vulture eye, could have detected anything wrong. There was nothing to wash out. No stain of any kind. No blood spot whatsoever. I'd been too weary for that. A tub had caught all... (laughs) When I made end of these labours it was four o'clock, still dark as midnight, the bell sounded the hour, and there came a knocking at the street door. I went down to open it with a light heart, for what have I fear now? There entered three men who introduced themselves with perfect civility as officers of the police. A shriek had been heard by a neighbour. Suspicious of foul play, they had been aroused, and information had been logged with the police officers, and they, the officers, had been sent to search the premises. I smiled, for what had I to fear? I bade the gentlemen welcome. <laughs> the shriek I said was my own dream. The old man I mentioned was absent and not even in the country. I took my visitors all over the house. I bade them search and to search well. I led them at length through his chamber. I showed him his treasures, secure, secure, and undisturbed, in enthusiasm of my confidence. I brought chairs into the room and desired them to sit cause they looked fatigued while I myself, in wild audacity of my perfect triumphant, placed my own seat upon the very spot beneath which the corpse of my victim laid. The officers were satisfied. My manners had convinced them. I was singularly at ease. They sat while I answered cheerily, and we chatted of familiar things. But ere long I felt myself getting pale and wished them gone. My head ached, and I fancied a ringing in my ears, but they they sat, and they chatted. The ringing became more distinct. It continued, and became more distinct. I talked more freely to get rid of the feeling, but as it continued, and I gained powerfulness, until at length I found that the noise was not within my ears. No doubt, I grew very pale, but I talked more fluently, and with a heightened voice. Yet the sound increased, and what could I do? It was low, dull, and quick-sounding. As much as the sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I gasped for my breath, and yet the officers did not hear it. I talked more quickly, with more noise, and I steadily increased my speed. I arose and argued with about trifles in a high key, with violent gesticulations The noise it steadily increased. It. Why would they not be gone? I paced the floor to and fro with heavy strides, as if excited to fury. Observations paced the floor, but the noise it increased. Oh. God, what could I do? I foamed, I raved. I swore, I swung the chair upon which I had been sitting and grated the ports, but the noise arose. All over continuously it increased. It grew louder, it grew louder, it grew louder. And still so the men chatted pleasantly and smiled. Was it possible they had not heard? Almighty God, no, they heard, they suspected, they knew, God, they knew. They were making mockery of my horror. And and I thought and I think, but anything, anything is better than this agony. Anything was more tolerable than this desertion. I could bear those hypocritical smiles no more. I felt that I must scream or die, and now again, hark! It grew louder and louder and louder. <sighs> Villains! I shriek. Disassemble me more and more. I emit the deed. Tear up the planks. Here, beneath, it is the beating of his villainous hearts. <sighs>